0: Is NCAA Tournament really about to expand all the way to 90 teams? You are Locked On Hoosiers, your daily podcast on the Indiana Hoosiers. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What is up, everybody? Welcome in to... This Wednesday episode of Locked on Hoosiers, your one and only daily one-stop shop for everything IU Athletics. I'm your host, as always, Jacob Rude. I want to thank you for making us your first listen every single day, especially this Wednesday where we got some interesting news yesterday about the NCAA tournament and what the future could hold. The the Cliff Notes version, the abbreviated version, for those that might have seen the reports, might have seen the headlines. Basically, the NCAA had a committee that overlooked the entirety of kind of college athletics and made some recommendations on a number of different things. I believe it was something like a 40 page um, document that they handed in. Officially on Tuesday. Now, part of their ruling was not directly to the NCAA tournament, men's basketball tournament, any of that. They recommended that uh, to enable Division I sports to field postseason tournaments that accommodate as much as 25% of a sports membership. Now, the caveat of that is, is that it's only sports with at least 200 schools participating that would be empowered to potentially act on that 25% number. Now, where your headlines came in about there being 90 teams potentially added to uh, the NCAA tournament in total is because the 25% number, when you look at the men's college basketball, would be 90 teams based on... The number of Division One teams right now. So, in reality, what happened is that a committee recommended to the NCAA to allow teams, or allow sports, I should say, to expand their tournaments to 25% membership for kind of the major, major sports. I don't know all of them that this would apply to, but obviously basketball is one of them and the biggest one of them. But this means that... Men's basketball could, they're recommending them to expand up to 90 teams. All in all, based on various reports, including one from CBS Sports that I read, it doesn't sound like there's a lot of momentum for that right now in the near future. There are TV deals in place for like the next decade. There's a lot of hurdles you have to jump through in those regards to get to. Uh, the point of expanding the tournament, but it's out there and we know that, uh, money is a driving factor in basically everything the NCAA does. And if somebody is suggesting that, Hey, you could expand the tournament. A lot of their basis was on kind of what it meant to be a college athlete and giving them kind of these experiences of playing in the tournament and whatnot, which is all fine and good. The reason the NCAA would do it would be because of money, not because of giving athletes these experiences. That might be what they tell you, but the real reason is they can line their pockets with even more money. Like I said, right now it doesn't seem like it's a done deal. I honestly hope it does not happen. Uh, As I, I think as things stand now is how I like the tournament. If not, I mean, maybe a little bit too big. The playing games, or whatever you want to call them, the first four, are fun. Uh, They create a lot of excitement and drama, but you saw firsthand last season the logistical nightmares it creates that the NCAA don't really feel all that bothered about, which resulted in IU going from Dayton to the west coast and playing games just boom 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 and just getting run off the floor by a good saint mary's team where iu just looked tired and so while those are fun atmospheres the games in dayton always seem to be fun it was fun in the moment i don't know that i would be all that upset if they went away regardless I feel like the number they're at now, 68, even down to 64, is the right number. It it feels like the right amount of teams are getting in each year. You can argue about bubbles. Look, if they expand it to 90, the 91st, 92nd, 93rd ranked teams are going to complain. And we're going to complain about there being bubble teams. It is really an irrelevant argument to say or to talk about bubble teams and teams that should be in the tournament. That's that argument's going to exist. If we expanded it out to 140 teams, it, it would exist all the same. I don't really buy that the way it is now. I feel like good teams, all the teams that get in the tournament, specifically the at large ones are, are good teams. Those are, those aren't teams that shouldn't be in the tournament. Basically, if you're expanding to 90, then you're really getting into an argument of uh, teams that should not be in the tournament and you're going to get some really ugly games. And I, I don't think the quality of basketball would go up again. I also don't think the NCA cares about that. The money would go up. It's more sites you can go to and host these events and more games you can put on TV and longer. You can drag out March madness and, I think that is ultimately what um, the NCAA would care about most. We'll see. Hopefully there doesn't – there is never any momentum to expand it because 90 teams just does not feel right for for college basketball. Is there a smaller number you could go to? Maybe. Um, I'm not really sure what it would be. I don't like the idea of giving teams buys like the top-seeded teams, I don't think that really is good for them to, to give a team a bye, which then means you're having to add like 30-some-odd teams. It just doesn't make any sense. As it stands now, I think is the right way to do it. And we'll see. We'll see if the NCAA agrees with that. They've been given the recommendation. We'll see what they do with it. But an interesting note on Tuesday and something I thought we could start off the the – the podcast about today, because obviously it would impact men's and women's basketball. IU is a tournament team in both of them this season. Hopefully down the line, they remain a tournament team with Mike Woodson and Terry Morin. I mentioned yesterday, I wanted to talk about some lineups and some data like that. We're going to look at that, see what the most productive lineups for IU are, the most productive combinations, the most used combinations, some, some fun stats like that to, to try to get some insight on maybe some lineups and some groups that Mike Woodson should turn to more as we head into the conference season. Before we do that, let's talk about today's sponsor, Bet Online. Bet Online is your number one source for sports betting info, stats, news, and analysis. Get the latest odds, trends. Uh, For every professional in the amateur league out there, from pro football to the national title game, basketball, soccer has started back up again. We've got it all at betonline.net. If you love sports podcasts, you can find those at BetOnline as well. If you're listening to this, you love sports podcasts. We're always the fastest and easiest way to get your betting info. Head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more. BetOnline, where the game starts. Thanks to all you guys for making Locked On Hoosiers your first listen today. For your second listen, check out the Locked On Sports Today podcast. From the games that matter the most to the biggest stories in sports, go beyond the scoreboard, behind the scenes with local experts and insight that only Locked On can provide. Locked On Today is available literally anywhere that, if you're listening to us, watching us on YouTube, whatever it might be, it is available there. Speaking of the biggest stories in sports, sorry, I was trying to pull up his name. Damar Hamlin, obviously, continue to to put him in thoughts and prayers. I recorded yesterday's episode before all that happened on Monday Night Football. Truly a scary incident. Um, obviously, that was discussed on Locked On Sports today as they kind of continue to give the latest updates. So, I just wanted to send thoughts and prayers that way uh, for him since I did not get to yesterday Let's look at some stats, some data for IU this season. I've used this site many times. I've mentioned it to you. Evan Maya, a site that breaks down lineup data, which not a lot of places do really when it comes to college basketball. And I think lineup data is really uh, a good indicator. And if you kind of break it down and look at it the right way, you can see the pairings and the groupings that IU has the most success in or whatever the team may be. So I, they have two man, three man, four man, five man. I want to run through each of these, get a sense of who the best group groups are, who the most common ones are the best two man lineup with a minimum of 50 possessions, which for example, or for reference, the most common group we'll mention in a minute has 440 possessions. So it's a pretty low threshold. And I mentioned that because the most common or the most efficient one is Tamar Bates and CJ gun. They've only played 62 possessions. What you're going to find is a lot of these bench players are going to be highly rated as these combos, which is a testament to how good the bench has been for most of this season. There were struggles in some of the bigger games. Also kind of how slow and, and bad the starters have been. Again, especially in some of those bigger games. After Tamar Bates and CJ Gunn, a lineup that makes, or a combo that makes some more sense and is more common. 102 possessions. Malik Renew and Jordan Geronimo have an efficiency margin of 38.9. Tamar Bates and CJ Gunn kind of seem like an outlier right now. I mean, if you literally just raise it up to 60, then they disappear. Or excuse me, 65. Then they disappear and you're working with A lot more common lineups. Trace and Malik is actually the second most efficient two-man pairing. 94 possessions together, 36.2 efficiency margin. Really interesting that Malik is in the top two and with two different big men or forwards. I think a fair amount of that is still cushioned from how he played at the beginning of the season. Because he has struggled in kind of the second half of the non-conference slate. Uh, Once the competition kind of picked up, he's really struggled. Mike Woodson's made it a note that he wants him to get out there and play more and kind of play his way through it. Um, That is something that they're still working on, though. So we'll see if he's able to do that. But when he's been out there and kind of – Playing well, it's been really good with a number of different guys. Xavier Johnson's going to appear on this list. But what's interesting is that after Malik and Geronimo won, Trace and Malik two, then it is three different people with Jordan Geronimo. Xavier Jordan Geronimo, Jalen Hood Jordan Geronimo, Tamar Bates Jordan Geronimo. Geronimo has been someone that hasn't always had consistent minutes this season, he's struggled a bit. He has the dislocated finger that he struggled with at the very end of the non-conference slate. But if you look, he only played five minutes against Xavier, nine minutes against Nebraska, eight against Arizona. So there have been moments when he struggled. Again, it's hard to determine if so, how much of this is simply some of that early season success they had against some pretty lackluster teams, to be quite honest. Um, there is a number that kind of indicates who they've played up against. There's a an average opponent kind of rating. And if you look at that, it does kind of confirm that a lot of that success for Geronimo came early in the season. It also indicates that Trace and Malik, Played well against some tougher competition. Jalen is on this list a lot at the top as well. Jalen Hood, Shafino, and Trey Galloway. Again, that bench lineup. But again, not against the greatest competition. Um, The average opponent kind of rating is looking at about one. One being an average team. So, nobody, none of those Geronimo pairings exceeded one. The Jalen Trey one does, which makes sense. Then you have Xavier Johnson and Tamar Bates, which you just kind of got to pocket away. It's not really a combo we're going to see. Xavier and Trey as well. They had a lot of success against the toughest lineups that any pair played. Again, unfortunate those two aren't going to play. Xavier and Malik as well. Jalen and Malik, a lineup that has played 150 possessions. Has a 23.3 efficiency margin, but has played a very easy competition. So it's kind of weeding some things out. If you turn to three-man lineups, again, you got to kind of raise the floor a little bit. Geronimo, Jalen, and Malik, three names we just mentioned a lot, are the most efficient three-man grouping that has also played some of the worst competition. It's the second group that's interesting trace xavier malik uh they played 59 possessions 49.7 efficiency margin and they had one of the 10 hardest opponent ratings so they were out there against some really really tough teams but again xavier's not out there so you're looking at uh trey jalen and malik again that bench unit but again playing against lineups that are not very good You have to go all the way down to fourth to really get something that I think could stick for as much as Trey Galloway has struggled in the starting lineup. Trey trace and Malik have a 40.3 efficiency margin against again, one of probably the 10 hardest lineups or, or opponent lineups that we have seen this season. So they're playing really well against really tough teams or specifically not even tough teams, tough lineups from the opposing teams defensively a a solid group, but it's actually offensively where they're kind of off the charts. Trey trace and Malik, it might lend some credence to why Mike Woodson stuck with Trey Galloway in the starting lineup so much though. Again, I think it was the right call to start Tamar Bates because your next lineup, uh, your next two lineups feature Tamar Bates and another interesting lineup that, we're probably going to see some more of is Tamar Geronimo and Jalen 33.4 efficiency rating again, a, a combination that has not played tough teams. I didn't mention it. Miller cop and race Thompson are all over the most used combinations because they are one, two in minutes played this season. They, that pair is the most common uh, two man grouping this season by some margin they're they've been good, eleven point three efficiency margin, which is pretty much bang average for uh, two man groupings for the Hoosiers this season. A minimum of sixty five possessions, so that it it falls right there in the middle. And, and to that point, the most common three man grouping is Trace Miller and Race, which has a six point six efficiency margin. That ranks a little bit lower. That's kind of below average uh, less than it's probably, I'm trying to do some quick math here. Maybe bottom 23 man groupings, bottom 15. The next most common one is one that has played well. Jalen Miller and race. Uh, again, a lot of these are going to have Miller and race in them. Uh, the next non Xavier one is Jalen trace and race. Uh, The the lineup that has played the hardest teams is Trey, Geronimo, and Trace, and they have not been good. An interesting grouping of um, Trey, Trace, and Xavier played the second hardest team and were one of the best three-man groupings. Again, you're going to have to weed out a lot of these, though, because Xavier's not available. If you want to look at kind of the best combination for guys that are going to be available again. It's Trey trace and Malik renew who played the ninth hardest opposing players or opposing lineups and were the fourth best three man grouping. I think we're probably still going to see a lot of Trey with the starters, but this is lending a lot of credence to it. I want to talk four and five man lineups here as we continue kind of looking into what's working, what's not working for the Hoosiers this season. We'll do that here in just a moment. So let's dive into some four-man pairings. At this point, you're getting largely kind of lineups, obviously, together. Minimum 20 possessions. The best four-man lineup is the bench group, Trey, Geronimo, Jalen, Malik. Uh, And then you swap in Tamar Bates into that. Uh, Those five players account for the top two four-man lineups. But again, they have not played. that. That's bench lineups. That's that's the bench playing the bench. They've been good, but they haven't really played anybody is the biggest takeaway. The most common four-man grouping is for the starters. Trace, Xavier, Miller, and Race. The next one, though, and it's Jalen, Trace, Miller, and Race. That lineup is going to shoot up and probably be the most common four-man lineup I would imagine this season. Um, Xavier is all over these kind of most common four-man lineups. Trey is in there as one of the most common as well. Tamar is another one that he's going to shoot up in a lot of these lineups now. Tamar, Trace, Miller, and Race. Have an 8.2 efficiency margin, uh, which isn't great. It's lower, probably ten. Uh, but it's a group that has played together a lot, and a group that has played some really tough opponents. The lineup that has played the toughest opponents is that Trey, Jalen, Trey, Smiller, Cop lineup, which we saw a fair amount against Arizona and Kansas because of foul trouble, or specifically Kansas. Um, Jalen didn't play in the Arizona game, but that's only played 23 minutes. If you want to look at a lineup that has played together a lot, had some success, played against tough competition, it features Xavier. Like it's It's hard to find one that fits all of that criteria. Just because Xavier was so important to this team, which is probably an underlying underlying thing that we're going to have to talk about as the conference season goes on is how you replace Xavier, who, who is one of your best players and someone that Mike Woodson really relied upon. It's hard to really find a lineup that fit all that criteria is good, has played a lot and played against uh good opponents and doesn't feature Xavier Johnson. So Indiana's gonna have to find uh find some players they can rely upon and find some solutions. I would say the closest to meeting all of that criteria, it's tough to find one that that has played any kind of meaningful minutes against tough opponents. Um, Trey Galloway, Jalen hood Shafino, Trace and Race played forty-five possessions together. Like there just isn't a lot of sample size there. That's going to be kind of the other problem when you look at five-man lineups. The best five-man lineup is Trey, Trace, Xavier, Miller, Malik, who played 17 possessions together. It's an interesting lineup. I think that was the lineup that closed against Xavier, Uh, a version of that. I'm almost certain that's a lineup that closed against Xavier. That might have been the, the 17 possessions they played together the most. That, that lineup played the third hardest opponents as well. So, like, it's a lineup that has played a, a lot of stiff competition. Again, side note, that Xavier win. I keep mentioning it. It's, it's only looking better and better. The next best five-man grouping is Tamar, Trey, Geronimo, Jalen, Malik. The bench, again, 79.2 efficiency rating, 25 possessions. But they have played... Like the fifth easiest other kind of players on the court, it's not a group that's been tested a lot. It's fine. It's going to be a lineup that continues to play kind of that level. So it, I'm not discounting them, but they're having success because they're a bench unit. It's not necessarily a knock. It's just kind of the the fact that they're playing a weaker units and they're they're exposing them. Fair play. IU needs. If you can win those minutes, then it's it's good news. But that just kind of shows you that's that bench unit outplaying other bench units. Again, we'll see if they're able to do that in Big Ten play. They struggle to do that in non-conference play against better teams. We'll also see how much it changes now that Xavier isn't there and you take Tamar out of the bench unit. Is someone like CJ Gunn going to be able to step in and help those lineups remain competitive and remain as efficient as they have been the most used lineup was the starting lineup the original starting lineup xavier jalen uh miller trace and race xavier was in the second most used starting line or uh, five-man lineup and then you have the trey jalen miller malik race lineup which i believe is the one that started those last two games Uh, before the holidays they played 34 possessions Uh, together they played the second worst opponent so it makes sense the the two teams they played Kennesaw State and Elon I believe I can't remember those final two games so you're looking at a a lot of lineups basically that have a lot to prove and you're looking at an IU team that's going to have a really tough challenge replacing Xavier, who was all over this. I think one of my biggest takeaways from this is how much IU relied upon Xavier Johnson, how big he was, how important he was to this team, and how much they're going to have to find solutions without him, especially as they head into some really tough games now that Big Ten play is starting. Iowa on the road on Thursday is going to be a tough task for your first game after... Twelve days off, uh, thirteen days off even. But after that, you have maybe some uh, a little bit more of a runway to figure it out. But the Big Ten's so good this year that, and they're so good every year. It's a tough, it's a tough conference to have to figure some things out on the fly, which is what the Hoosiers are gonna have to do. So we're gonna preview that Iowa game tomorrow. Big thanks to you guys for making us your first listen today. I was gonna do some bracketology talk, but uh. The, that lineup talk kind of extended a little bit more than I expected. So maybe we'll do that tomorrow for your next listen. Check out locked on sports today podcast, the biggest stories of the day plus instant reactions, big game recaps and the take of the day available on the odyssey app, YouTube, wherever you guys get podcasts, follow us on Twitter. If you have not already at LO underscore Hoosiers, subscribe to the podcast, leave a rating and review all of that great stuff. Most importantly, though, guys, everybody have a great Wednesday. I hope you're uh, handling getting back to work well. Hope it's a good hump day for you guys. And as always, Leo.